to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Eddie Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Repping for Philadelphia <laughs> today. Okay. Cool. <laughs> no connection to the city. Glad to hear it. Apart from obviously watching Fresh Prince. Welcome to another hot and sweaty episode of the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. Wednesday episode of News and Reviews. Out Thursday. <laughs> Where we do. <laughs> As it is now Thursday. <laughs> Where we do news and reviews on Wednesdays, but sometimes on Thursday. Do you know what the recipe for the Solero shots was? No, have you found it? No, but I feel like I need to. Ice. I'm going to get in balls. touch. Yeah, but like the balls. And green. The balls were made in like a BB pellet factory. Yeah. The green was made in. That's the... why I occasionally got the plastic yellow one in there. You bit down on it <laughs> and you went, this is not the drink effect I didn't expect. You might be asking why we're talking about Solero shots again. It's because it's, once again, incredibly warm. And also, the, we miss Solero shots. It doesn't need to be warm for you to miss Solero shots, but it helps. <laughs> is it that, that, uh, you don't have to be crazy to work in. But it helps. Mm. Um, yeah, welcome to our midweek episode. Um, should we just get started? Yeah? yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so we're going to do some news and then we're going to review Baby Driver, yeah? Baby Driver. Um, okay, let's start with some news. What you got from me, um, newsy news? You forgot how to speak. Yeah. Okay, well... It's, I'm dying of that. Loads of Spider-Man news dropped this week. Okay, hit me with some Spider-Man news. Alright, did you know what that I they're working on the plans for a Mysterio and Craven the Hunter solo property? Yes, I saw this early. But <laughs> it was mentioned that they could be um, potential side stories because they, they wanted to do this kind of what are they calling it, a bootleg Spider-Man universe, bootleg Spider-Man. in which it's Spider-Man, but without Spider-Man. But maybe with Spider-Man. Maybe, yeah. This is what we're hearing now. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tim Allen is confirmed as Craven the Hunter, <laughs> as I predicted. I'm still saying, like, I, I know you're going to say this because I, I always mention him, but I still say Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a good fit physically for... He, he won't do it now, though. I think after doing Negan, he's too tired of doing villains. And what Tim <laughs> Allen hasn't done in a while is flex his dramatic muscles, not since, say, Santa Claus 3, uh, and really pushed himself. Or maybe Wild Hogs, where he played against type as a <laughs> city slicker who got away from it all. Like, Mysterio is a very interesting character as well, because he's basically just a stage magician. Mm-hmm. Um... So no, I'm interested. The interesting thing about this uh, is with Venom, yeah, Venom is also a, a hero in yes. the comics as well. You know, they have a heroic figure. So I'm sure we're going to come on about the Venom news in a minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's predominantly a hero, not predominantly. He's predominantly a villain, but he has heroic elements. They've mm-hmm. created a hero. Craven and Mysterio are villains. There's not really been any storylines, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. With them being heroes, so it's interesting that they're going to be looking. They're going to have to really look at a villain story and you learning to really embrace a villain, which is kind of what you were talked about previously with your uh, Carnage film when you pitched Carnage. Exactly, exactly. Which and there's not. That's not to say that you can't empathise with the character. So obviously, you've still got Venom's coming out next year, October release mm-hmm. date. Then they've got Silver and Black coming out. Which I don't really know anything about. Black uh, Cat and Silver Sable joining forces. Yeah. So again, two heroic characters who also have villainry to them. Hmm. And a f- female led, isn't it? 
Yeah, female helmed is, uh, oh gosh, I have the information here somewhere. Gina Price Blythewood. Um, but yeah, you know, it could well work for them. I, I, I worry about, with Sony doing this, my, my concern is, does it damage what Marvel are building in the MCU? Give a shit what Marvel are doing, mate. That's what I'd say if I was Sony's head, old Mr. Sony. But I really want... But these characters are characters that I really want to see Spider-Man interact with. Mm, but and now what, he seemingly may well be doing that. Yeah, from what Kevin Feige was saying the other day. Mm-hmm. Have you got the quote? Probably not. I haven't got the exact quote up here, but basically they've said um, that Spider-Man is probably going to be introduced into this universe now. Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 are happening in conjunction with Marvel. Mm. But other than that, he's not contractually obliged to do any other work other than Infinity War. With um, uh, with Marvel, yeah. So he's you know he is essentially owned in his contract by Sony and is contractually let out for these four films. Mm-hmm. So so I, I do I do hope they do it and I hope Sony continue a partnership with Marvel because I think it would really be of benefit if, for example, any of these characters could appear at some point in a Marvel movie. Yeah, if you, if you have a Venom appearing like in Marvel. In the MCU at some point, you know, especially as people like Norman Osborn as well. If Marvel are allowed to use characters like Norman Osborn, he's been a threat to the Avengers as well as just mm. Spider Man. So it, it's really interesting to see what you could do with that. I mean, this is all obviously hypothetical. Yeah, because we don't know for definite what's happening. And obviously, um, the Infinity Il- War could tank Marvel. It could be terrible. <laughs> could only take t- two hundred million. <laughs> but. um <laughs> the interesting um, bit of news I think from Sony as well is the they've announced the villain for Venom mm. is is going to be Carnage, which yeah. is a very interesting. They've said that Carnage is going to be featuring quite prominently in it, so you know you would presume that that's got to be as the main villain of the piece. Yeah, I think they and didn't they say the counterpoint. He is the villain. It doesn't say that he is the villain. It just says that he will be starring in it. Um. I'm interested uh, he, to... he is a villain carnage, but we haven't been told explicitly that he will be the villain of this thing. Mm. He, it said that he's going to feature in this film. It'd be interesting to see how they bring the symbiote in as well. Like That's what I'm interested in. Um, but to fair, I, Finds it under a log. It's a good... Same as in the third one. Like, in a way, it's a good time to be a fan of Spider-Man. But yeah, same, sure it is. But at the same time, could you be being overloaded because Sony are going to be throwing these things out so, so often? Yeah. Potentially you can, but as long as what Marvel are doing with Spider-Man, because like, I really like the character Spider-Man. Like I loved the animated series when I was a kid. I I, I liked the like at first I really liked the original Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy, mm-hmm. not the third one really as much. But I think when I first watched that, and the first Amazing Spider-Man, I still quite like. Mm. The second one I think has its problems, but there's. Some parts of that, I, like, I think Andrew Garfield has always been a good Spider-Man. Like, it's a character I really like, and I want them to do well with. Mm. So I'm hoping that really Sony can learn something from Marvel Machine, yeah, like, and what they do. And if they can, and they and they are working closely together, and they're actually actively asking for help, yeah, and kind of advice. Hopefully, that will help them build a better universe. And then hopefully they can then start doing that with other studios. If this works, they might be able to start reaching out to Fox and people like that, bringing these characters home. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's my main dream. 
Yeah. But they can actually bring these heroes in all these different places back into one place where they can all interact would be amazing. Although Kevin Feige this week has also said that he doesn't want Fantastic Four back. So <laughs> he, The thing is, I don't think he would want Fantastic Four back, but I definitely think he wants some of those villains. Like, I think he would kill to have someone like Galactus or Doctor Doom in the Marvel Universe. But only as long as he brings back Chris Evans when he kills him off as Captain America as Human Torch. <laughs> Bring him home. It'd be good. Um, big news that hit today slash yesterday yeah. is that uh, Lord and Miller have been fired from Han Solo. Yeah, because originally it looked like they'd left amicably. Yeah, like creative no. differences was obviously things like... But as the day's gone on, it definitely seemed as though, yes, it was a firing because of uh, because of creative differences of mm-hmm. um like apparently it's from like the start like from the get-go is it kathleen kennedy yeah is the head, head of Lucas show. film um she never really got to grips with and obviously it's all speculation but never really got on board with what lord and miller were doing but those guys also were upset at the lack of creative freedom they had Mm. Which well, you, you kind of had to expect going into this because I didn't think they were the right fit for the project. To be honest, like, I really like Lord and Miller, and I was good when they got, when they didn't get carry on with the Flash. And I'm mm. good about this because I really like what they do. Um, but you have to expect if you're going to be doing one of these Disney films, like there is a lot riding on these anthology movies. Yeah, and if you they they're not done right. You will be told, "Oh no, you can't do this. You have to stick straight to what we're telling you." Yeah. So I'm surprised that it took this long, but also, would you say it's a bit of a worry that they're this far along, like they're three months from the end of a shoot or something like that? Uh, four weeks, something like that. And only now are they cutting ties. I think with... a lot of it's going to be done in the editing room, and I think they'll they'll get rid of a lot of the stuff that perhaps doesn't work the way they want it to and mm. and that was put in by Lord and Miller to to make it theirs. Yeah, well, I suppose Rogue One went through extensive reshoots, didn't it? Mm. Well, it's this, you know, it's the worry of, like, you know, yes, they've, they've got a track record of taking sort of things that probably shouldn't work and making them work. Yeah, like, when you hear... Jump Street's coming back. Mm. Nobody went, oh great, a Jump Street, but actually those movies are a lot of fun. But actually what I feel like is that Han Solo doesn't need that treatment to make no, this film work. Right. I think this is completely the wrong fit. I would be interested to see who comes on board now and actually how much they, of an influence you, they I think you're have. right, they should have been doing the Emoji movie. This is true. They should have. <laughs> Do you think they would have made a good Emoji movie? Well, if they'd have cast TJ Miller, no. <laughs> but, you know... What's a good emoji movie? It's just better than whatever we end up with, surely. (laughs) I've got every faith that any film could be good, but I've seen the trailer for the emoji movie a couple of times now, and it looks horrible. And we did make the promise that neither of us are going to see the emoji movie. Did we? We did, when we did our blockbuster preview. I feel like one of us is going to see it. I'm sorry to say it looks like it's going to be you. We'll flip a coin. (laughs) So yeah, that's happening now. So they've kept the release date. So they're going to have to keep ploughing through. <laughs> I imagine it will be fine. It will be fine. Like, I still don't think they needed a Han Solo Solo movie. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. But in a world where they're doing a, an anthology film every two years, you've got to make 
something. I think an Obi Wan movie would be more interesting. Well, that's in the next one they're planning, isn't like, it? An Obi Wan, the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan that they've men- mentioned, or even the Boba Fett movie. Although I know certain people don't agree. Well, I think Boba Fett is more pointless than Han Solo. <laughs> Although I still, I know you both disagree with me on this. I'd still wanted to see a Solo Darth Vader movie, like set in between the New Hope and. You're not giving up on this one, are you? Uh, pre- prequels of the New, New Hope, Hope period. Yeah. Uh, no, because I just re- I'm really interested to see how he became this most feared guy. You get a glimpse of it at the end of Rogue One, mm. but I'd like to see more of that. What else you got for me? That's it, mate. Okay. Um, Don Kirk's <laughs> runtime being one hour forty seven minutes, <laughs> which is the shortest Christopher Nolan film uh, Christopher Nolan film since Following. I suppose we could talk real briefly about E three. Okay, tell me what happened at E three. So E three, I happened. didn't go, but you did. <laughs> I didn't go. I went to my sofa where I watched some of it. Okay. Um, no, some really cool stuff came out. I suppose the big ones were um, they showed stuff from Battlefront 2. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. It looks like it's going very much to classic what Battlefront 2 was. Mm, yeah, because this is the thing. is There's brand new footage from Battlefront 2, but I already own it. So <laughs> what are you bringing to well, the table They're here, going guys? back to a system where um, you earn points to get powers. They've got class systems in there now. Yeah. And the big thing is they've said there's no paid DLC. <laughs> Believe but, that oh, when I see it. Exactly. Uh, EA have screwed us before. They'll probably do it again. Hmm. Um, yeah, so um, like it looks like it could be a better way to go. Also, yeah. the fact they've got a single-player campaign that is basically part of Star Wars canon well, they've got a multiplayer campaign that isn't mean you can have like Ray fights Yoda or whatever. Yeah, not bad because they're both on the same side. Alleged plot twist. You could maybe set up an online game where but, you have good versus good. But it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, um, also we watched the Xbox one. You, that's one of the uh, ones. There, there was some it. nonsense in there, wasn't there? The bit that I really didn't like was the fact he said exclusive before every single game. Yeah, well, yeah, also exclusive. I, that's fine. What really annoyed me, do you remember that game that they previewed that looked like, um, oh God, it looked like just like a murder games thing. <laughs> do you remember this one? Oh, um, is it Battlegrounds? Maybe. Something Battlegrounds. There was a guy wearing a yellow t-shirt on a platform commentating on the battle and my God, I wanted to punch him. Well, it, well, Google it. Google it. Guy in yellow shirt, E3 ruins everything. Um, basically, like they showed off the new console, well, the the upgraded Xbox One, Xbox One X, as it's mm-hmm. called now. Um, and to be fair to it, it looked graphically, and obviously a lot of it's going to be upgraded, but graphically it looks amazing. Um, I can't really tell the difference, but like, I'm not but, expecting But you to. can't deny that some of the, the gameplay footage they showed looks incredible. Like yeah, yeah. the Assassin's Creed um, Origins game that coming out actually makes me interested in an Assassin's Creed game for the first time in since the second one. Um, you know, it looks really, really cool. And um the the one thing though it did show me was a game called Anthem. Oh, yeah. It's um another EA game and it basically looks like Mass Effect Light. But what that game showed me is that nobody should ever do scripted mic chat. Because when they're flying around, like the game looks Poor. interesting enough, mm. when they're flying around, they're like, "Oh, I should pick that up for XP." You're like, nobody talks about that. All they talk about on mic chat is how much your mom sucks your dad's balls, mm-hmm. and EA ain't scripting that into their games. No, um, this is true. 
No, I'm trying to think. Like the thing about E3 this year, I don't think there were any big, big games like Beyond Good and Evil Two. They announced, but I never really played the first one, and like it was just a trailer of a sweary monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, like the most interesting thing for me was um, there's a Mario Rabbids game. Yeah. Where basically it looks like those two properties, but they're doing XCOM, mm-hmm. which is a game I love. Like XCOM, I, me, me and Mark played that so much and it's such an intense game but then you watch this like cutesy version with Mario and these rabbits which is a franchise I never really understood from Rayman yeah yeah never really saw, saw the appeal but it looks fun enough but the main thing is they showed the trailer for um, what's it called Super Mario Odyssey is Odyssey, it Odyssey yeah um, and it just looks insane yeah like it genuinely looks insane um, like Mario throws his hat and he becomes things and they all have mustaches. Yeah, it's so got a possessed hat. Is the hat Mario? The hat is possessed. I know that much. <laughs> it's about a ghost. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. about a ghost. <laughs> but I've seen gameplay. Mario game rides it. a dinosaur. The dinosaur has a ghost in it. <laughs> Everything has got a ghost in it. Is the moral like, of Mario seen gameplay of it and like it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like it looks very Mario esque and it's kind of that stuff of. I've said for a long time that. Like since the Switch was announced, that the Switch looks really cool, like a really cool piece of hardware. But I would need to see evidence that there are games there. Mm-hmm. And finally, this E3, they started to show some of the stuff that's in the pipeline. Um, I was a bit gutted that Bethesda in this conf- in the conference didn't actually announce anything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like they announced Wolfenstein, which a lot of people I know are big fans of, um, and Evil Within Two, which once again I know like my brother really liked the first one, and but- Fallout VR. Yeah, but I, don't, I think VR is a fucking absolute waste of money. The future of entertainment. No, I don't, I don't want it. It's, it's, the, it's the 3D of the game industry. It's a way of just cranking up prices for no particular reason when the standard game is good enough. This time next year, you'll be doing this podcast with a VR headset <laughs> on. Guarantee it. But, but I wanted them to announce some kind of Elder Scrolls something or something like that. Um, basically, I still just want another Elder Scrolls. Come on, just announce it already. Um, but you know it's coming. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. It'll be out in the next three years. But yeah, I don't think there was anything major from it. Like, uh, compared to like last year where they just went, like, you get like Bethesda just going, oh, um, by the way, here you go. Here's, um, they went, oh, here's Fallout like, 4, it's coming out in a couple of months' time. They announced like Last of Us 2 and things like that. Um, mm. You know, these big things and people are like, oh shit, this is happening. Like, they said um, Last Guardian's coming out this year, for example, which is getting people have waited for a long time. One that does really interest me, though, like, sorry, I keep going all over the place, no, I will shut up about this soon, is um, God of War 4 looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I really want to play that game, but I missed, like, two of them in the middle that I need to catch up on. Is it important? But I don't think it story? is, so I think I can kind of just jump back in. But it does mean I have to invest in a PlayStation also to play Spider-Man once again, which also looks great. And it won't be as good as the PC version. No, and my problem with the gameplay of the Spider-Man one was some of the gameplay looked quite scripted. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering whether that's actually how the game plays. And I would have to see somebody playing an actual version of it before I can really go in. Um, although they are remastering Shadow of the Colossus, which was a fantastic game. On like I played it on the PS1. Did you ever play it? No. Basically, just you're a little kid. You've, you've mentioned it a lot. You've, it, it, you've... It's incredible, and for that game alone, like, yeah, this E3 was pretty decent then. 
Fair enough. But yeah, that's my very brief round of a V3. Uh, from what I can remember off the top of my head. And I'm sure people are going to be like, oh man, you, you, you forgot fucking... You're never going to be able to please everyone. That's the that's the moral of this story. Yeah. Of any story. But really. there's some really cool stuff out there. And like, hopefully there's going to be some really good games coming out. Although I've still got so many games to complete. Yes, well, finish them before you get your pudding. Okay, Dad. Right, let's move on. Should we talk about the review? Let's review it. Okay, so, review-wise, we went and saw Baby Driver. Yes. Um, the new film by Edgar Wright. Um, we saw it at a early screening. Yeah. So, when does it actually come out? Uh, next Friday. So, it comes out next Friday. Um, what's the plot of Baby Driver, Alex Hutter? Is it next Friday? We'll say it is. I want to say it's actually Wednesday. Either way, it comes out soon. I think it's getting an early release, uh, so it gets a longer weekend. Uh, okay, so the plot of Baby Driver is as follows. Ansel Elgort plays Baby Driver. He is a driver. He is also a baby. <laughs> it is the sequel to Boss Baby. <laughs> they move very quickly on it. No, uh, okay, so Ansel Elgort plays Baby, who is a driver for Kevin Spacey, who is a mob boss, yeah. seemingly. Someone who's involved in organised crime, someone who's involved in bank heists. And he uses Baby as his lucky charm getaway driver because mm-hmm. he's the best in the biz. Baby constantly has music playing in his ears because he has tinnitus and it drowns out the uh, the hum there. So that's his thing. His story then basically becomes he meets a girl, falls in love with the girl and wants to get out of the crime world. And I think that's really all you can say. Just when it? he tries to get out. It drags him back and in. It drags him back in. Um, yeah, and that's all you can really say without kind of giving anything away, because I think this film is is a great ride yeah. to go on. And like I said, it, it's done by Edgar Wright, the same guy who did um, the Cornetta trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, but also Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, is this the first thing he's done since At World's, End, World's End? I believe so. The first thing he's directed, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, Music and, videos, notwithstanding. Like, I would say it was great watching an Edgar Wright film again. Yeah. Like a, a new Edgar Wright film. Because I've seen Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and films like that mm. so many I times. I think it's always a, a cause for celebration, yeah. isn't it? And there was a moment in that first five minutes of this film where I went, okay, this is this feels right. This mm. feels like an Edgar Wright film. And there's a little thing we saw before the film where he basically says, you know, pretty much every effect in this film is practical. Yeah. And I think you felt that. Yeah, and it felt real. But what what did you mainly take away from this? It feels like a good, you know, it feels like a labor of love more than anything else, and it feels like um, a geek is finally, like a movie geek is mm. finally getting to make the movie that he's. Although to be fair, every single film he's ever made has had echoes of films that have clearly influenced him. Uh. So whether it's the zombie stuff with Shaun of the Dead, or whether it's the action movie stuff of you know, hot farts, and obviously you've got the deeper meanings behind those films, but on the face of it, they seem like excuses for him to be like, hey, I'd love to make a film that echoes those action movies I grew up on. And this is a great action crime driving movie. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it is. You know, it boils down to, it's clearly someone who's a fan of the genre and a fan of those sort of films, and things like, you know, the car chase in Blues Brothers, or the French Connection, things like that. Amazing, amazing car chases, and he's there like, well, let me give, let me give it a go. Yeah, and I think it's definitely, it grows organically throughout the film as well. 
and I think it, it's helped that it has a phenomenal cast as well. Like the cast is really good and really well cast. Yeah, really strong ensemble cast. Um, you know, you've got Kevin Spacey, you've got um, Anthony Alcourt, that's really good. But then you get people like John Hamm, Jamie Fox, um, Lily Cole, is it? Uh, Lily James. Lily James. I always get the names of the two confused. Uh, Lily James in there. You know, they, they all do yeah, their part to really kind of create this great ensemble that really work together mm-hmm. and when everything kind of culminates into what it becomes like they all play their part really well and it all every, all the action seems correct mm-hmm. nobody seems to be doing anything out of character that kind of really throws throws you I found mm-hmm. um, also I think um, it has a it has a jukebox music yeah I think. And obviously you can't take, talk about this film without talking about the music of this film but the music is what makes it in the same way that a lot of Edgar Wright's film in fact you'd say all of Edgar Wright's films almost feel like they start with the music he's going to use in it and then build up from there well this this the idea for this film came from him directing a music video didn't it yeah the Mint, Mint Royale. Royale yeah which yeah. is a great music video because yeah. I saw that god years back and it it does feel like particularly that first five minutes of this film is almost a direct copy of exactly well, what happens. There's a glimpse of it in yeah. In you the get film, you get a clip of Noel Fielding's face in um, in Baby Driver, and it's that music video. But if you go and watch that music video after you've seen the film, I'd say probably watch it after you've seen the film if you haven't seen yeah. it before. But if you have seen it before, you'll know exactly what I mean when I say the first five minutes is basically what happens in that music video. So it's kind of interesting to see that he's almost taken that three and a half minutes and then expanded it out from there and gone, okay, and I've made an entire film. And I think the thing is, the film doesn't outstate its welcome either. It's kind of the perfect length for what, what it is. I, I feel like it drags slightly, actually, yeah, for me. Say, I, I'd say it could lose 15 or 20 minutes. I was about to say this, but I don't... I wasn't upset mm. at that because, like I said... That I know I have a bias towards really, really liking what Edgar Wright does, and I'll be happy just to watch lots of what he does. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm happy to sit there for a little bit longer than say some other directors. Yeah, because I'm happy to rejoice in what he's doing, and while I, I can see where people would say, and I think you know, um, a fair few people will say it drags. I, with my bias, kind of go. Actually, I'm happy to enjoy that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. For me, the whole thing kind of really, really comes together well. Um, I think it's well performed, it's well done. Um, you know, there's some really heartfelt moments in there as well. It sounds incredible, and its car scenes are all really well done. Yeah. Um, no, I really, I really enjoyed this. I really did. Yeah, I think the car scenes are the things that's going to really make this film stand out as yeah. as being sort of his most ambitious film yet. And you, you said. Am I right saying you, this trailer for this didn't really sell you? Yeah, right the, the trailer for this really really didn't go well for me, I didn't think. Um, I just got the feel from it that it felt a bit soulless and it felt a bit... I, I didn't get any humour. And to be honest, the film itself, I still felt like I wanted to laugh more than I did. I didn't mm. think I was laughing as much as I should have necessarily been. But there are some really funny There are some really there. great bits, but I felt like... Perhaps I was laughing less than I have at previous Edgar Wright works, but there was other stuff to admire in there as well. So it wasn't like I was I was being shortchanged necessarily. It just the trailer can't. I don't think the trailer can quite work out how to sell it. 
whether to go for the comedy angle or for the actiony angle or for the car chasing angle. I don't know whether it knows yeah. what its best suit is going to be. So it sort of hedges its bets and goes, well, I'll go on all three mm-hmm. and not really push either any of them out. And I think for me, that was the issue with the trailer was that I kind of watched it and went, I don't really have an idea what that film could be. Yeah. And then the one thing it didn't sell itself as was exciting to me. Yeah. And, you know, the, the film has proved the trailer wrong, but the trailer I really felt, really felt like put me off the film more than it should have. So hopefully people will listen to this and go, actually, maybe I should give it a go. Ooh, it so, may well be that that's just me. You know, other people said that they love the trailer. I, I personally just didn't get it from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if an Edgar Wright film's out and you're an Edgar Wright fan, you'll go and see an Edgar Wright film. Absolutely. That's why I've been excited for this one for quite some time. I'm really going to kind of live up to the expectations I'd put on it from what I wanted from a film like this. Yeah. Um, no, I like I said, I genuinely really, really enjoyed this film. I think there's a lot to take away from it, and like, I keep thinking about it more and more from everywhere I get from it, and I just keep thinking about bits that I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really wholeheartedly recommend this. What I don't recommend, though, is taking a potato salad into the cinema. Uh, yeah, bad audience. Bad audience. I'm pretty certain the guy two seats down from me had a potato salad, and I do not condone that at all. No. It was not, it was not ideal. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts that you want to... It's good, you know, it's good fun. Everyone in it seems to be having a good time. And they you, they you go said, with it. And I say you think you said it's one of the best soundtracks of the year. Yeah, I think I think it's got a really great soundtrack. I think the music choices are, you know, sometimes quite on the nose, but that's kind of fine if you're doing it in a, an ironic yeah. sense, I guess. Which I think, um, yeah, I think I think that there's enough of a mix of stuff in there to kind of keep you interested, regardless of where your mm. musical preferences lie. And I think Edgar Wright's always been quite good at that of mixing up sort of classic stuff, and you know, he's got the obligatory Queen reference in there. Yeah, and and at, at like one point, he just drops. Um, it's a Dr. Dre track, doesn't it? Uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg just drops in one point. Like they don't play the full song, but the the back. Oh, music they play the, the sample that they they play the song that they sample from. Oh, is it? That's yeah. Oh, I thought it was. But, but no, I get what you mean. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm positive yeah. it's the song that they sampled that that beat from. Um, yeah, I thought it was the James so, song. So I was like, "Oh, cool." So no, there's 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 enough in there to to be liked by everyone. I think, um, you know, it, it's it's a recommendation from me because it is a good film. Yeah. Everyone and in it's good. Some everyone's... of the most fun I've had in the cinema this year. Yeah, it's, like, it's a real is. it's a real sort of. And it makes me happy that you know, after watching Pirates and Baywatch, I've then managed to watch Wonder Woman and this, which I both I've really enjoyed. And they're both a precursor to what I'm about to watch this weekend uh, for this Sunday's episode, which is Transformers, which I am not looking forward to in the slightest. Yeah, so this Sunday episode will be a Transformers review and then also sort of an additional bit on the end of that to do with the Transformers series. We're both seeing Transformers Age of <laughs> Nights who are extinct or whatever it is. On something, the other side of the moon, something, something, Templars of the Dawn. I don't know what it's called. The last called. night, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait. I mean, I haven't seen any of the Transformers films <laughs> since the first one, so. And we need to remember the last Transformers film was my worst film of the year. And this one's two and a half hours long. As always, you can find <laughs> us on Facebook and on Twitter. At Twitter, we're at. Oh God. 
Dinosaur Man 15. 15. It's very warm and I just forgot everything. I've decided to start drinking. If you go on to iTunes, Stitcher or Buzzsprout, you can find the podcast there. You can rate, comment, subscribe, review. This will be up tomorrow morning, Andy. I'm not going to do it right now because I'm too tired. (laughs) And I'm too warm. As always, we'd like to thank John and Eve for the theme song. This time it was uh, done by Dr. Dre, sampled by Dr. Dre. Um, Andy, thank you for hosting. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here with me in what is hotter than the sun. You're very welcome. Until next time. Don't leave me this way. way. I cannot breathe. No? I genuinely don't think I can breathe. Can we end now? Dinosaur, dinosaur.